Amen. You just give your heart to the word and, and you just say, Lord, I love you with all of my heart. I give you my life. And, and there's just phenomenal benefits that just goes with it. I, he's never failed me. I, I, I'll never have to, I have to say this. He's never failed me. Amen. I'm proud of this message. I love this message. I love the Lord Jesus that's among us. And, and uh, you know, I think Brother Branham would be really proud to come to this church and, and preach here and just take a little time, tell us some stories. And Amen. Well, maybe one of these days during the resurrection, we'll just have, have him to do that. So you think that'd be all right? I don't know if we'll be on his list to see, but wouldn't that be nice? And so, amen. God bless you. If you'll turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33. Got a lot of nice text after the service last night. Thank you guys for that. From a lot of different places. and That was just nuts and bolts preaching. We're going to be part of the, this, this great orchestra, and God's getting us ready, and we're going to go through some things to get there. And... Uh, and so we're just, we're just thankful for this. Before reading this, I, I just want to share this thought. I cannot imagine the responsibility of Paul with a few sentences telling life stories of these people. They were born in the rhythm of the music. And regardless of the backdrop of their lives, they overcome. Paul didn't get to call our names, but our names are written here. I want to read it again for you. Hebrews 11, verse 33. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, Obtain promises, stop the mouths of lions, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, and out of weaknesses were made strong, wax valiant in flight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Thinking in there, to come after this writing, 68 million Christians give their life for the cause of Jesus Christ due to Rome. Others had trial of cruel mockings, scourgings, yea, moreover the bond of imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sown asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword, wandered about in sheepskins and in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, 
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And here is the whole, is the whole thing. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word this morning. You may be seated. <clears throat> Brother Branham is speaking in Shalom, and he's talking about symphony. <clears throat> he says, now to you adults, the scripture is God's symphony. He said, only the composer knows what it really means and he reveals it to those who are listening. I want to be one of those, don't you? Who are interested in knowing what the drama is. But you'd have to know about the symphony first. It's not just something that you see. It's the changing, the junctions of the word, <clears throat> of the music. It throws, sometimes it's going to go this way for a while, a certain beat. After a while, it changes all around. What is it to you that who wouldn't understand it or don't know nothing about it and not interested in it? It's just a racket. It's a fuss. But to those who know about it, they're watching for it. They know it's coming. Hallelujah. That's where we're at. We, we know it's coming. So we have these times of symphonies, of the symphony of God's word, that the whole drama changes. And you who are interested, listen for that change. You know it's getting close. You hear the way the drums are beating. A man wants something to happen. You know this is a change. See, it's going to break into a burst in a few moments. And he said, and you're watching for that. You can tell that the way the drums are timing. <clears throat> Brother Bram did believe in drums. Oh God, if you can hear the drums of the finish. Now if you can hear the echo of the music of the heavenly word singing itself out. And it shall come to pass in the last days. The symphony of God's great drama that he's playing, it changes him. The symphony at the junction, the composer and those who are interested, listen for that change. And that's what all of this stuff is to us. We're listening, we're watching. And I think about when I read this quote, many people that were sitting there just allowed this to just kind of go right over their heads. They missed the whole thing. They really wasn't interested in the word. They were interested in the gift. Maybe they interested in the personality of the man, but there was a voice that was behind the voice. We have been gathered to a message. Come out of her, my people, and be not a partaker with her plagues. Don't be caught up with those blasphemous names and the creeds and dogmas, but we've been gathered to a message. And we're, I just have to be honest with you, we're interested in it. It's what my life's goal has been. I'm interested in this message. 
Every time you appear, something happens. We see the time getting close. We see back yonder long ago when the church ages was all darked out. He said, we were listening. We seen when, right when the, with the word, the beating with the word, and after a while, what happened? Here he come himself and vindicated. We heard the word say so in the days of the seventh angel, the church ages. He said the seventh angel's message would be the last message. And all we find out over here in Revelations 10, in the, in the days of the message of the seventh angel, the mystery of God should be finished. And they are. We're not looking for another messenger. We're not looking for another great man. Are you with me? And the seventh seal would be pulled back. It should be there. Then all at once, when it's happening, a vision broke. Go to Tucson. A great noise will take place at this time and you'll be thoroughly understand and know that it's sent. Brother Branham has taken these junctions of his life and showing us Revelations 10, 1, Revelations 10, 7, Luke 17, 30, Malachi 4, 5, and 6. These scriptures are happening. And let me just say, never let that become redundant to you. Never let that become common to you. Centuries has waited on this to happen. <clears throat> because we had to have a messenger that would get a Gentile bride ready. We had had the Bible for 2,000 years, at least in the form that we have now, at least since about Martin Luther and Swingling and some of those men that begin to get the, the Bible together. But listen, we had the Bible. What, what did it produce? Over 40,000 denominations. We needed a messenger. Are you with me? Not one that was going to boast of himself. But we needed a messenger that could stand in this day and declare the word of God without guess. Without guess, he was a seer prophet. He was like an Old Testament prophet that could see all the way back, even before the beginning, when he talks about Adam and Eve and her blonde hair and, and his broad shoulders and God sending them out of the garden. And then he calls them back and he takes lamb skins and wraps it around it. That was a messenger with vision form to be able to stand in a pulpit and watch it happen. He wasn't guessing at it. He was watching it happen. But listen, he wasn't just talking about Adam and Eve. He's talking about you too. He watches Melchizedek with, with Abraham. He watches Abraham and Jehovah Jireh take his son upon a hill. And, and he said, God will provide himself a lamb. He would scream to us as the changes would be coming. 
Stay with me as I lay my foundation this morning. Change is coming, just so it's it. And he would remind us, even as believers, don't miss it. Why would he tell us don't miss it? Because the cares of this life will dilute it, misdirect you, cause you to go in different directions. But keep your focus on the word. It would be just like Eliezer that would, would pick, would re, the angel would give Rebecca the revelation, drop it in her heart. I'll go with the man. I'll go with this message. And she waters the camels that she rides on. But Eliezer, she was not to fall in love with Eliezer. Eliezer was giving her secrets about what Isaac was like. Brother Branham did not want us falling in love with William Branham. Oh, it's sure to, good to fall in love with him, but his purpose was to get you to fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. He constantly told us, I'm not your healer. I'm not your savior. I'm not your deliverer. I needed, I needed saving. I needed healing. As people, we quickly fall in love with humanity. And if you're not careful, you'll fall in love with temporary flesh that is going to die and go back to the ground. But God, the mighty angel, came to oversee this message. And listen, that angel did not leave the earth. When the messenger left the earth, he is among us even now. I'd like to say this to you, we have lived long enough to see this message in every corner of the earth. So I would say this to us, be ready. Be ready. Let's play our part. But the man would say these statements. He said, that's the way that you do, God. He said, you don't stand off and look at it. You get into the rhythm of it. How do you get in there? You're born into it, into the rhythm of the word. When you become part of the word, you had to become part of the dance to get into the dance. You have to become part of the ball game something that you're interested in to get into the ball game. Brother Brown would say later in another sermon, getting in the spirit. Getting in the spirit. A lot of people pray, but they really don't pray. A lot of people read the Bible, but they really don't read the Bible. A lot of people worship, but they really don't worship. You gotta get in the spirit of it. Hallelujah. That's what we come this morning for. Not to just sit another service we come to get in the spirit this is my part I'm gonna play my part <laughs> now this is a very important quote I know I'm laying some heavy stuff for you but you just hang right here he said you have to become part of the word 
to know God's symphony. You cannot become part of the word if you don't eat it. I'm just going to be honest with you. If tapes are never played in your home, if it can be said about your house that the voice of the prophet is never there, there's something wrong with your revelation. Young people, play it in your bedrooms. Because you're part of the symphony. There's a good chance that you're not going to live to be 50 years old. This is your time. This is your message. Listen, listen, I live this. Every day in our home growing up, it didn't hurt me. It didn't hurt me. The strongest things that Brother Branham said, it didn't hurt me. Oh, but Brother Ron, I want my children to have a good time. Are you looking at the temporary or are you looking at the permanent eternal? I'm not telling you to listen to it 24 hours a day, but I'm telling you, you gotta feed. You gotta feed on the word. You gotta listen to the word. Brother Ron, but I can't read no more. My eyes have got too bad. There's, there's, there's Bible. We listen to the, to the Bible all the way to church today. Uh, Sister Connie's got a program. We listened all the way to church. I got a program. I listen to the scriptures. Some words I can't say. I enjoy listening to the word of God. It's got power in it. The word is a seed and it has the potential to release. It's got power in it. And the, and the sheet music of God's word is the word of God. Are you with me now? And he says you have to become part of the word to know God's symphony. His symphony is when it's playing, you understand. I caught something there just a moment ago. Let me just share this with you. You can feed on every kind of political news that there is. That's Satan's kingdom. And at the end of the, the programs or whatever, you're, it agitates you. The reason it agitates you, you're not from this world. I'm gonna preach. This is not your world. This world is only gonna get worse. Your vote don't even count no more. You might as well get it through your head. But this is not our world. This message is our world. Now notice this. You're watching for it. He said, the works that I do, shall you do also. Greater than this shall you do. These last days, the great changing of time. We get into the beat, the beat of the word. Find his purpose. The hour that we're living, it is useless to find Luther's day. It was a great revival. It was a tremendous overcoming. 
It was the writing of the Bible. And in the background of that, Luther had to live in persecution and literally had to be under a German king or they would have killed him. The pressure that he was under as a messenger, but there was a lot of flaws in his life. Are you with me now? Wesley, what a great revival. He was cast out of all of the churches, but he stood there in the streets and in the fields. One occasion, 10,000 people slain in the spirit. Someone told me a while back, said that God don't slay people in the spirit no more. Well, you, you, God don't change. And John Wesley, this is before Azusa Street, John Wesley is preaching to 10,000 people and they all are slain in the spirit. And he don't understand because the power of the message of that day, of that orchestra was playing so strong and it had such a rhythm to it. And the people were anointed to catch the word. They were literally slain in the spirit. And he tried to get them to set up and listen to the word. I pray today the word has incredible effect on our lives. Remember when Feeney would preach. Feeney was a converted lawyer. He was ashamed of receiving the Holy Ghost. He was out praying for the Holy Ghost behind his office. Two women passed by and he stood up and he realized that I'm ashamed. And he broke through the shame and he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when he began to preach, He was not a pretty man. As a matter of fact, his, he had a nasally voice. It really shrieked when he spoke. But he preached with such power until men would drop their lunch boxes five miles away and give their heart to Jesus Christ. Rochester, New York became a place to where crime was so low until the police officers became the original barbershop quartets. That's what the power of the gospel can do. Brother Ron, I don't know about that. We're going to a kingdom. There'll be no police officers, you'll be out of a job. There'll be no police officers there. There'll be no warriors there. There'll be no funeral homes there. There'll not be one hospital there. No Walmarts there. Just think about all the things that won't be there. Hallelujah! There'll never be a fight or a brawl or a fuss. We get so consumed in our time element. Everything's gotta be right on time. Every, everything has gotta be just right on time. And you know, you just, you know, you're just so busy. And that's what the devil will do. He'll get you so busy. Yeah. 
He'll rob you. He'll rob you of your time. And sometimes it's over trivial things. Sometimes he'll give you a whole week of things to gossip about. Get it today, get it tomorrow. If the devil can just drop a little rumor, if he can just drop a little rumor, it'll consume your mind and your thoughts. And your thoughts will be on all of this. You guys are getting ready to go to college. And so the devil will tell you, you ain't going to be able to function away from home. You're not going to have your mom and daddy around you to watch over you and protect you. And This is going to be a whole lot different than, than high school. Yeah. Well, that's, that's silly. That's absolutely correct. It's correct. But you got a goal that you want to go through somewhere. You want to be a teacher. I think that's what both of you guys want to be. So you got to go through the work to be a teacher. So you got to get it. I'm going to preach to you. You got to get it in your mind. I got to get through this. I may not like it. I may have some difficult times. But I'm going to get through this. I am committed to this. If you're a nurse, you're a doctor, whatever you are in your life. Here's a guy that sits with a pre-med degree. Listen, there was times he felt like quitting, but let me just say this to you, he had to talk to himself over and over to get himself through. Did he make all A's? I'm sure he didn't. He's in my family. But to play your part, now let's just suppose for a moment that your part in the symphony is to play the trumpet. You're not the star of the show. You're just part of the music. And so the script is given to you and the script is there in front of you and you play that and you play it and you play it and you play it. You probably won't get it right the first many times. But once you get yourself out of the way, once you get your personality out of the trumpet and just play what's on the sheet music and you're not sitting there with a pen in your pocket going, I'm not gonna play that part and I don't like that part and I don't like that part. I believe it ought to be in a Let me just say this, just play it how it is. Just play Corinthians how it is. Just play Galatians how it is. Just play the book of Revelations how it is. God wrote it. We're his children and we believe it just how it is. I'm not here to argue with it. I'm here to believe it. I don't even have to understand it. It's not up for me to understand. way above my pay grade to rewrite it. Now he's one person 
whether it's in his bedroom or in his living room or sitting on the front porch and he's sitting there playing and he's listening to what he's playing. Maybe he can YouTube how it's supposed to sound and to mimic it perfectly because when he gets in front of the director, the director is under the inspiration of the composer and the composer wants it a certain way. It's not up for negotiation here. He wants it a certain way. A lot of people want to argue with our prophet, but let me just say this to you, your argument is much higher than our prophet. And so, and so, the director gets under the inspiration of the composer, and so he gathers people that can play the part. I know some backgrounds of some of these things. And so there are people that will come that will audition for the part. I did some reading here. And the people that say it ought to be played another way, they are immediately scratched off. And the people that put themselves in the part, they're scratched off. Because what we're to do is when there's 25,000 people sitting with paying tickets, many of them sitting in tuxedos and fine dresses and they paid a lot of money, they're wanting to hear Beethoven live. Written hundreds of years ago, but Beethoven believed that my, my, my lyrics will, will go into eternity. Listen, this message will go into eternity. Beethoven's probably won't, but this message will go into eternity. We'll stand one of these days as overcomers of Laodicea. We're living vessels that played the part. As a minister, we're not to put our personality over this word. We're not to put our thoughts over this word. We're not to put our opinion over this word. Because remember, remember Brother Branham met an angel in a cave. Sister Connie, he was the only man of this dispensation, of many dispensations, that could say, I met an angel in a cave and preach sermons like how the angel came to me. Hundreds of ministers sitting around him, none of them had that testimony. Are you with me? And Brother Branham would stand there it didn't matter whether they believed it or not. I want you to understand when we come to this message, it don't matter whether people believe it or not. I'm not, I'm not here to try to convince the unbeliever or the fake believer or the pretend believer. I, I'm not here to convince them. I'm not trying to get goats to be bred into sheep. 
Wolves, we have no interest in them. We're just getting the bride ready to play their final part because we are the final voice to the final age. And we have a message to play. We've got sheet music to play. Brother Branham would go beyond the curtain of time and see us as believers. And we would tell him that we're resting on this message because he preached what Paul preached and he preached what Peter preached. Are you with me now? Those people were turned young again. So we got a glimpse of heaven. Then we got a glimpse of hell. I've sat in the parking lot where Brother Branham was sitting watching that woman come up over that escalator speaking in another language and with that hairdo and with that coloring of her eyes. If Brother Branham could see what we see today on a daily basis. He, he talked about how hell was blending its dimension. If he could see that in 64, 65, what about today? But he also had a vision of the bride, bride from every nation. Listen, there was the modern bride that came forth in her, I don't want to even talk about her attire, her bikini, fig leaf situations, literally porn situation, what the church has produced. Are you with me now? But he saw a bride come forth, a bride out of every nation coming forth. And he watched her at the end and he was so proud watching her at the end, how she came back again. And one kind of got out of step and he, and he screamed to her, get back in line, get back in line. That's why church is so important. That's why the assembling of ourselves together is so important. We're an encouragement to one another. It's easy to sit in your bunny slippers and drink your coffee. Watch your favorite preacher from one segment to another segment, but get yourself out of bed. Put your clothes on. Shake off every devil in hell and every backsliding spirit that you have to fight all week long. Get to church. Come with an attitude that I'm gonna get something from God. I'm gonna play my part as a body of Jesus Christ. I don't have to be a star. I don't have to be a strong personality. I just wanna put my shoulder to the wheel. Let the freedom ring. Now let's just take for a moment the backdrop behind Brother Branham. Here in America, just in America, we have a Cuban Missile Crisis. We have the vision of the youngest president to be elected, a Camelot of sorts. JFK is elected. And it's almost a, a Camelot that takes place. 
And he stands at his inauguration and said, it's not what this country can do for you, but it's what you can do for this country. Women given the right to vote. Visions happening so rapidly. Now think about the spirits that are being released. When Brother Branham is preaching some of these in most incredible sermons, the Beatles come on the scene. The Beatles come on the scene. And, and literally when they arrive, arrive in America, there's such an anointing on them until people that are sick go and where they are getting off of the plane are healed, thinking that the Messiah has arrived. The race rights was everywhere in America. What you see today is the harvest of what Brother Branham was contesting with. Race was taking place. Let me just say something to you about race. We're Christians. We're Christians, and we all came from the Adamic race. We are Christians, and if you are prejudiced, here is an altar. Malcolm X was on the scene, and he was a militant part. He came out wanting to fight, wanting to kill, wanting to do a lot of different things. On the other side of that, the flip of that was Martin Luther King, who was a phenomenal speaker, who was more polished in many of his ways, who actually was a great visionary because he had a vision that one day that we could all live together. That's not on this earth, but there is coming a land. There is coming a land, and it won't be by political ramifications of getting things done. It'll be by the blood of Jesus Christ. Music begins to turn loose, and I'm not going to go far with this, but the bebop of the music begins to turn loose, the 50s music turns loose. Many of you were involved in it. Elvis turns loose. Elvis is almost like a Messiah on the scene and has an anointing. He was his granddaddy's song leader in the tent meetings. He was anointed, even anointed with the Holy Ghost on his flesh. And he could stand and preach, sing Jailhouse Rock. And at the end of the concert, sing Amazing Grace on the wings of a snow white dove. He could sing some of these songs and bring audiences to their knees with conviction. But he sold his birthright. He sold his birthright. You see, all of this was hell open in itself. Revelations 9. Hell opened itself, that pit, that smoke that was coming forth. Every spirit that was being loosed after the seals were revealed. Now today, what you and I have as our backdrop 
is the harvest of all of the seeds or all of the spirits that are coming forth. Because spirits don't live in trees. They don't live in pulpits. They don't live in your pews. They live in human beings. If you could look at the schools that we had when I was going to school, if I could just give that witness, I did not know what Sodom and Gomorrah was. I heard it preached in the pulpit. I did not know. I definitely didn't have anybody in my school identifying themselves as a cat. We sat in the airport the other day with a woman dressed completely head to toe as a cat. And when they brought her food, she put her mouth in her plate. Insanity. And her family around her seemed like normal, decent people. Somewhere they, they take on a spirit. Prisons are full of people that were good people. Brother Tom, you were a guard. Brother Jeremy, you were a part of that system. Maybe some of you others were guards in those, in those, in those prisons. They were good people in there. Can't even believe that I did such an atrocious thing. But a spirit came on them. And they killed their wife or they killed their children or they killed their buddy down the road. They robbed a bank. Let me just tell you something personal. When I worked at a grocery store, that's where I started out. I worked at a grocery store six and a half, almost seven years. I was a meat cutter when I married Sister Connie. I really liked the job, but God didn't want me to be a meat cutter all my life. And so every person that we caught shoplifting had way more money in their pocket to pay for the items that they stole. Every one of them told us, Fred Graham was one of the other guys that was a part of that, and they would tell us, something just got on me and I just took it. We caught the mayor of the city shoplifting. I know he did not need to do it. We caught the judge's sons shoplifting. And so they got all rattle boxed and began to swing and we gave them exactly what they were looking for. I haven't always been a preacher. <laughs> and my daddy taught me one principle, don't never start a fight, but always end it. I taught my boys the same principle. And since the devil wants to pick a fight with us, we might as well end it. Now let me just say this to you. All of this in our backdrop, but the sheet music declares we will overcome. Did you hear me talk to you last night about all the things that you go through? 
But God says at the end of it, you're gonna come forth like gold. So always remember no matter what you go through, and you can't see your way through it, and everything that's going on around you, remember God's in control, you're in his orchestra, just play the music, at the end of it, thousands of people are going to stand and say, we made it. I just want to give you, can I just do a little teaser work here? Brother Branham comes to the pulpit and no doubt, you know, we're getting ready to have a a Labor Day service here. And we're expecting to be over capacity. We're expecting to be really, really full. And, but we're expecting a meeting of the ages. That's our expectations. And God has never, he's, he's never, he's never let me down. I just have to be honest with you. He just, he just don't let you down. Maybe you went to ball games and they let you down. Maybe you went to concerts and they let you down. And maybe, the, maybe you did different things in the world, that let you down. But when you're dealing with God, he don't never let you down. People are going to come with expectations. And Brother Branham's day, he preached in much smaller churches than this, and people would come and they'd wait for hours. Sometimes they'd sleep all night long in the parking lots, and they would stand for hours waiting to get in the door. Now, we don't have that problem here. Yeah, you probably need to get here a little bit early. But they didn't know what Brother Branham was going to preach to them. Whether it was projected love or perfect love or, or when love projects. And Brother Branham stands and talks about Bees, when he's mowing, comes up around him. And I had such a love for them. And I just began to talk to them. And they just went back in the ground. There's times I find myself wanting to have that kind of love. This morning as I was being stung by a yellow jacket, I had that, I thought, you know, I wish I had that kind of love. This is just one And if I can find your nest. (laughs) Crossing the fence. Getting in the pen with a bull. Hey, listen, I was raised on a farm. I know what a bad bull is. A bad bull will take your life. And do it in a heartbeat. It's one of our greatest fears with my dad. Because he would stumble a lot. And he always kept a bull between 1,200 and 2,000 pounds. He'd rub it on the head and give it grain every day. And I I visibly watched Dad get tossed in the air. And he was an elderly man. I watched him get tossed in the air and he'd go back and rub that that bull's head. But Brother Branham got in a field with a bull that had killed a man. And that bull comes snorting and stomping and and here it comes. And Brother Branham starts talking to him. Now what was happening was it's the same gift that happened in a prayer line. And he would talk to people and he said, now you know that there's something standing between you and I. And, and he would tell them, said, now you've had this condition and it came from this condition and your name is so and so. 
and your address is so-and-so, and the doctor's told you so-and-so. Now your daughter, you've been praying for your daughter, and this is her condition. And this was her best friend. This, she's got a friend that's got this. You see, she did not know it. She had stepped into the building, and now she's a part of the orchestra, and she's standing there with all kind of backdrop in her life, and she's standing, and the creator of heavens and earth is standing between her, and it's, it, this is more than a gift. This is more than some kind of a, a, of a, of a what, what, mentalist operation. This was God himself saying, I want to be in control of your life. And they come into the prayer line one way. And they walk out a complete different way. I come to this service very much aware the angel Lord is always here. And I personally believe when this cancer purpose is over with, He hasn't got enough strength to stay in this body. And it'll be gone and evaporated in a moment. <clears throat> Our buddy brother Tim Pruitt said in the service of the wings of a snow white dove, at the end of it, I spoke to you last night that a service is more than just two weeks of study. It's a lifetime. And Brother Branham goes through a lifetime of the orchestra of his life. And he comes down to the end of it. Brother Jeff, he starts singing a song on the wings of a snow white dove. And in that service, he writes a verse to it. Can you find that real quickly for me? I'm getting, I'm getting toward an end here. I'll finish this next week. Have you enjoyed this so far today? What a relaxed atmosphere that we've had. You won't feel this at Walmart. That's one thing for sure. Now watch this. Though I have suffered in many a way, I cried for healing both night and day. Faith wasn't forgotten by the Father above. He gave me his son on the wings of, of a dove. I haven't got permission from this. But sitting about 30 feet is a little boy about 12 years old that's crippled. They've taken him there just maybe to get a chance to get him prayed for. And all those miracles happen. God didn't forget that little boy. Now, his family don't hardly recognize who he really is. 
but he'll speak here Saturday night of our Labor Day meeting. And he's one of the best friends of my entire life. If I ever needed a buddy, I got one in Tim Pruitt. God didn't forget him. But he used that situation in his life. He could never play ball or all of the different kind of things, but God had a higher purpose than playing ball. God raised him up to be one of the greatest preachers in all of history. I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm just proud to be his buddy. From the backwoods of Kentucky, Donnie Reagan came. A nobody. But God took a nobody. Listen, if you're part of the orchestra, God knows how to find you. He knows where to get you. Our two boys that are preaching in Ohio, they've had one of the most phenomenal meetings. Timothy Pruitt and Andrew Lee Spencer. You can't make those kind of things happen. You can't make it happen. Satan's fought both of them boys with everything that he could fight them with. And there's a backdrop behind them of pain and words that were said. But they are playing their part in the orchestra. And I would say they're doing real well. Can I, can I just talk to you just a little bit more? Brother Bram would come to the pulpit and he would talk about things that are to be. And this is a service that is literally multiple visions that God is going to speak to his wife. This is what it's going to be like. It's not a chance. It's not Disney World. This is not my wishes. This is what it's going to be like. This is what you're going to enjoy for eternity. Now, there may have been a lot of people sitting in the services that were bored. But there were some people there that was interested. They were interested in the rhythm. This, this text is going to put me somewhere. I very much am aware that as we get toward the rapture, the moments, we don't know the last day. We don't have a day to waste. But these texts, these messages are putting you in ready condition. These are warm-ups. Now, if you get there an hour or so early at a, at, a, at a symphony, and believe it or not, I've been at it, and 
it sounds like the awfulest racket that you've ever heard in your, hand me a drumstick, two of them. And they're all warming up. And it's literally almost blow your mind away. And there's a guy that comes out there with a tuxedo on. And he's, you know, he's, for the, for the ones that I've seen, and even YouTube, I know you can't believe that, but most of them got bushy hair. They're just different sort of people. But they know the music. And they know who's been assembled. And they know who's worked real privately. And they know that they've accomplished and they're ready for this moment. And now it's going to be okay. I'm not going to be embarrassed. We're ready. We're ready. The date is set. We're ready. And he steps up and he... And everybody in the audience gets real quiet. And there's a silence for a while. Everybody gets himself set. Am I right? Everybody gets himself set. And they're not thinking about shopping. They're not thinking about who's sitting beside of them. They're actually at a spot to where it's me and the music. Now, I'm not going to play every part here now. There's a certain part of the scripture that I'm going to play. certain parts of it I'm going to get to play but when it comes my turn I don't want to be offbeat I don't want to be out of key and I don't want to put myself into it all of my training now is for this day and they begin to play and they play and they're listening over there and they're listening over there Everybody's got a part to play. Everybody's got a part to play. Everybody, not just one person can be the whole symphony. Everybody's got a part to play. And everybody begins to play their part. And they begin to do it on time. And after a while, it begins to build. And that director, he's using that stick as a reminder. Every motion has meaning to it. Every motion has meaning to it. And these lyrics, we're not changing them today. We're playing them today. Because these lyrics will rapture you. It'll change your body. It'll call Homer Frazier out of the grave. The voice of the resurrection is in the bride. He won't come forth an old man with one leg. He'll come forth a, a young man full of strength. Because this message works. Your loved ones will step from the grave. Even it's always back to the gases. They'll step from the grave because the sheet music, the timing of it all together has called them forth. And we'll be here about 30 to 40 days and visit with one another. But our eyes want to see Jesus. And the sheet music will call us to another dimension. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. I don't want to play your part, but I want to do my best with mine. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was blind, but now let's sing these verses this morning before we're dismissed. Twas grace that taught my
I love this part. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. We shall wear a crown. just a song and lyrics. We're going to do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. As we prepare, Andrew will be back with us next weekend and, and, uh, and he'll be speaking for us on Saturday night and we're looking forward to that. I want to thank all those, those that have done so much incredible work to make this thing, this place look so beautiful. We walked up, we drove up in here this morning, and what a masterpiece it looks like. And uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, each and every one. That staircase, I'm looking forward to wedding parties standing on there and getting their pictures taken. Amen. We got eligibles here. I'm looking forward to wedding parties standing on that staircase and Hallelujah. God bless you. We love you. We love you. We love you with all of our hearts. And just as a reminder, the meeting starts on the next Friday. And it starts at 7 o'clock. Brother Timothy Pruitt will be speaking on Saturday evening at 6 o'clock. Because he has to have a longer runway. <laughs> Brother Tim's going to be here. And then on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, Brother Donnie Reagan is going to speak. And then we're going to have a dinner after that. And so it's going to be at Spotswood High School, and it's catered. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Don't come to the meal if you don't come to the meeting. Somebody got offended at me because I said that one time. Well, I meant it. <laughs> I mean, I, you don't say you're sorry if you really meant it. So, you know, <laughs> amen. I love you with all of my heart. and We love you with all of our hearts. And we so appreciate everything that God's doing in every one of our lives. Tell your neighbor, say it's good to be in church. We relish these times together. Amen. God bless you. Love.
I'm thinking of a rapture in our blessed home on high When the redeemed are gathering in Oh, how we'll raise a heavenly anthem In that city in the sky When the redeemed are gathering in You're dismissed And how we'll sing Oh, when the redeemed Are gathering near Oh, there will be a great procession 